Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name's Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News. And before we get into everything, make sure that you leave a like, subscribe, share with a friend, uh, leave a review. really helps us know that you're enjoying the content and enjoying what we're, we're putting out here. And have had a lot of support recently, and it's been, been super awesome. So uh, please keep that up. Be much appreciated. First story of the day, we have some great news. So normally when it comes to some, you know, news about track programs. It's not so great. And what was this about six months ago? We were, do- we were talking about the inverse of this. But as you can see in the title, Clemson Track and Field has returned. So for those that don't know, um, during the height of the pandemic, I believe it was almost it was six months ago, almost exactly. The athletic department announced that they were going to be cutting men's cross country indoor and outdoor track and field. And obviously this hit the community really hard because this is a major program that, you know, was announcing they're going to be shutting the doors on a a team that has a lot of really great and deep history. Also one of the premier indoor facilities in the United States. And to hear that they were going to be cutting half of their track and field program was pretty astonishing. And this was not the only program that was being told that they're going to be be shutting its doors, um, along with Minnesota and William and Mary, which was all around almost the exact same time during the pandemic. They were all claiming the the same reasons, essentially COVID nineteen as as well as um, Title Nine for for some of it. I believe William and Mary as well as um, Clemson claimed that, and so this was really destroying it. It hurt the community, and the biggest part of it was. Clemson was super, super uh, rigid on what they said. They didn't say, oh, well, we're, we're shutting it down and, and we'll look at it later based off the financials. So we're, we're shutting it down and, you know, it, it could come back or, you know, we never know. They, they didn't say that. They said Clemson's men track, men's indoor, outdoor, and cross country is shutting down for good. It will not be revisited. This is the final decision. It's like it was like in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and the the contestant says final answer and they say final answer. That's exactly what happened. And well, we can see it wasn't really their their final answer and and to the good to you know to the benefit it wasn't. The the track community rallied behind Clemson, um, really led by uh, Russell Dinkins. If you're listening to this, Russell, uh, thank you so much for everything you've done for for track and field. He's a, a 2013 graduate of, of Princeton. He's actually helped Brown, uh, Minnesota, and William & Mary all return their track and field programs uh, and reinstate them. So he, he's been integral in finding out when these programs are being announced to be cut, saying, you know, no, we're not, we're not doing this. And I think one thing that really helped them get Clemson back was the, the fact that they were getting, like, governors and the law involved. They were getting uh, – I remember seeing them talk about this, whether it's on the Senate floor in, in South Carolina. Uh, you, you've probably seen the clips of, of people saying how, how wrong this was. So 
yeah, it, it's it's great to see that they're back. They they announced saying, oh yeah, we've we've revisited and we've revised our financial projections, and it turns out that everything's gonna be just fine. It's like, oh yeah, of course. So it it took you just you just took you six months, and all of this that we you know had campaigned that had nothing to do with it. I bet, of course not. You just revisited the financial projections and found out. <laughs> Silly me, the the comma was in the wrong place. It turns out we do have two million dollars. We thought we only had two thousand. Turns out we have two million. Of course, yeah, that's probably exactly what happened, right? No, I I think that they were getting a ton of pressure from the track and field community and realized that this would be a terrible decision because they'd be cutting one of the premier programs in the entire nation and limiting. Uh, who's going to be going to the university. Uh, Not only did they reinstate men's track and field, but they also brought in another women's team. I can't remember exactly what sport it is off the top of my head. Um, I apologize, but they actually ended up adding new programs instead of just cutting. So this overall, uh, a great day for for our sport. One thing that does stink is um, they've they've lost a few athletes. Um, If if you saw... uh, there's been a few athletes that either have already announced they're transferring or have left the university, so it stinks for them. Uh, I'm sure also the the recruiting class for Clemson is probably going to be pretty limited for next year, seeing that this was uh, a year that a lot of athletes probably just cut off Clemson as a, a team to be looking at. And so next year they'll probably be, be hurting for recruits, but I'm sure the year after that they should, they should hopefully be back uh, with everything. So... Glad to see that Clemson is is coming back and excited to see, you know, what's going on uh, in the future there. And then next year, want to go off some just quick hitters of what I saw from this previous weekend. There were some really exciting performances that I wanted to to capture. So first, Fred Curley. Uh, this dude can do anything, man. Like, I mean, he just ran a 9.91, which is the world lead in the 100. And He's the first. He's the third athlete ever to run a sub ten and a sub forty four uh, in the four hundred. So sub ten seconds in the hundred, sub forty four in the four hundred. And he's showing that he's just unstoppable in any distance. And I mean, if you wanted, I if you wanted to do the one hundred meters in the Olympics, I mean, he could at this point, and he would be. I would say the favorite. If I saw his name on the start list for the Olympic trials in the 100, I'd be like, that's a bad man. Like I, I, I can't go against him. You know, like he's just, he's just showing that he has a tremendous amount of range. And I'm wondering if this is going to be the new formula for track and field athletes that there's, there's going to be less specialists in just the 100 and just the 200. But are we going to see more 400-meter runners that show they have the range to go all the way down to the 100? We see this clearly with Fred Curley right now. We also see it with Michael Norman, who's shown that he can run fast times, and including his training partner, Rye Benjamin. I mean, they all, all three of these guys show that they can run insane times all the way down from the 100 to the 400. Wade Van Niekert uh, as well. I mean... When will one of these guys decide that they're going to go into the 100? Because right now, I mean, I know that the schedule for 2020 and 2021 has been a little more difficult, so some people haven't run their best times just yet. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to get into that with the next the next topic um, on some some athletes that are not do, not doing so hot right now, but 
I mean, he if he wanted to put his name in the hat for that 100 meters, like he could, and he'd be dangerous. So, excellent performance by Curley. Uh, looking forward to seeing what he does here at the Olympic trials. Uh, next, just there was too many to to go over, but LSU just continues to dominate. Not only on the men's side, where I think everyone saw that they were going to dominate because they, if you know, had the the cross country championships not happened when it did. Um, and it would have been a normal season. I think they would have had a really, really good shot at capturing an indoor national title. Um, with it being a regular outdoor national championship, I think everyone kind of saw that they were going to be the favorites going into it, because, and, and they are. So the men are, are doing fantastic, but the women are as well. <laughs> like Both programs right now are actually currently seated number one in the nation for both the men and the women's team. So the, they're just continuing to dominate. They have world, several world leads, I think five world-leading times across both the men and the women's teams in, in the sprints and in the jumps, uh, I think the hurdles as well. So they're, they're just performing and performing. Awesome school. Uh, if you want to hear about the LSU culture that they have, uh, just on Saturday I actually did an interview with Noah Williams where he actually talks about the, the culture that LSU track and field has and, and just kind of the championship mindset you have to have if you want to be successful. Um, so quick plug, if you want to check that out, um, I definitely would. It was, it was a cool conversation and, and really gets you inside what's going on at, at LSU for, for those practices and, and those meets. So fantastic uh, program they have going on there. Uh, next um, performance that was super exciting and I'm, I'm glad uh, happened to say the least. Uh, Trayvon Bermel. Um, Trayvon Bermel is back, man. Uh, so he ran a 10.01 uh, in, into a slight headwind. I think it was 0.2 miles per hour headwind. So nothing too crazy, too serious. But this was his first major win in seven years. Like he hasn't He's been out of commission for a while. I mean, the last time that he was running these fast times were t- was 2014. Um, I mean, this so seeing that it's been an entire Olympic cycle since uh, he's been able to run due to just injuries and, and, and other things going on, and and now he's showing that that he's back. I mean, if you if you watch the race, even if you didn't watch the race, he had probably the most explosive start off the blocks. He, it was clear from the beginning of the race that he was going to win, and there was no shot anyone was going to be able to catch him. I mean, uh, Lyles, no shot. Like, it was just he was he was out like a bullet and was an easy victory for him. Uh, and so I'm, I'm glad to see that, that he's coming back. Uh, he did an interview after the race. Uh, saying that you know it's it's not about the times it's it, I'm trying to mer- I'm trying to make a story here it's not about the injuries you know it, he's a he's a super humble guy and it's it was great to see that he's back and with this it also makes the track and field of uh, the 100 even more interesting I mean obviously we wish that Christian Coleman could be competing because then it would be extremely interesting like who's going to be getting in but but now it's there's a lot of really good runners that aren't going to be making the 100-meter final. I mean, just looking at who we have right now, we have, what, Trayvon Bramell, Justin Gatlin, Noah Lyles, Ronnie Baker. Just of those four, at least one of them is not going to make it. And those are some, some of the top four runners 
in the world uh, right now. And so one of them's not going to make it. And also, none of them are the world-leading time right now because that's what Fred Gurley has. I mean, looking at all these guys, they're, none of them, I don't think, have, have run their, their best races, races yet. And, of course, not because they're waiting to, to be peaking towards the end of the summer. Um, but people like, I think Lyles, I mean, he's got to start, you know, picking things up a little bit. I know that he usually starts off slow, slower in the season. But, I mean, right now, we're, we're less than 100 days out. We're three months out of the Olympics. And right now, he's 10th in the, in the nation in the 100. And I think 18th in the world. So, I mean, yeah, and I know that you're one of the, the favorites. And you, you probably aren't, aren't too upset or, or thinking too much about where, you're rank, where he's ranking right now. But, I mean, at, at some point, it's going to have to be like, all right, like, let's let's start dropping some some good times here. I mean, he ran a 10.18 in this this past meet, which is, you know, I mean, it's it's not good enough to get the job done. I mean, it's it's competitive here in the United States right now. There's going to be a lot of good people that are left out of the 100 meter final. There's going to be a lot because we're, we're seeing some crazy times being dropped this season. Um, by especially some really talented collegiate athletes. And those collegiate athletes are going to be bringing their A game this entire time. And so if runners want to make sure that they're going to be making this Olympic team, if you want to be in this top three, you're going to have to be dropping some crazy times as well. So there will be some great athletes that are going to miss out. And I'm interested to see what happens there because it's – I don't, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, next let's get into something that happened, um, earlier last week. So it's, it's been some time since, uh, since this announcement, but, uh, Casey Lightfoot, he actually signed with Puma. I actually, I, I wish that I tweeted it out. I had talked to a few of my friends saying that he was going to sign with Puma. I wish that I tweeted out my prediction so I could have officially had it in the record books. Uh, it means nothing now, obviously, because you can just say, oh, Colin, of course you're saying that because you just want to think that you're right. But I promise you I predicted he was going to he was going to Puma. Well, I mean, it, it was the preemptive favorite, obviously. I mean, Puma has all of the best pole vaulters in the world right now um, that were not under contract. So I wouldn't be surprised if once Sam Sam Kendrick's contract is up, he goes to Puma. Uh, he's with Nike. I think he's one of the only major vaulters right now that is not with Puma, uh, especially on the men's side. Because the l- listen to the the roster right now. Uh, this is just a few of them. So there's still some athletes that aren't there. But they have Sandy Morris, uh, Mondo Duplantis, Renola Villani. Peter Lysak, and now Casey Lightfoot. I mean, they that's just a insane group that is competing um, all under one one name. That's essentially your all-star, all-star caliber list. And so uh, he's joining a fantastic squad. And once again, I'm saying, uh, what is this going to mean for the regular track and field and pole vaulting fan? Are they going to come out with signature shoes? Are they going to be coming out with signature gear? I mean, if they're, you're sponsored by these things, it doesn't mean anything, at least to us, unless you see something that's that, you know, that, that we can have with either their name on it, brand on it, whatever it is. I mean, you see basketball. Basketball teams have basketball shoes with LeBron signatures, Kobe's, Michael, like Jordan's, all, all, Russell Westbrook's, all these shoes from these you know, prominent basketball players. When are we going to see track spikes that are, you know, 
the the air mondos i mean obviously it wouldn't be the air mondos but like the 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 mondo pole vault elites or the renault the renault elites like whatever it is like let's see you use these these athletes brands to actually grow grow the sport because i promise you if you come out with pole vaulting spikes that have your you know the best vaulters names on it branded they got their own thing ton of ton of vaulters are going to get it same with any other track event because there isn't anything like that you just have the traditional standard shoe spike let's get something going on there so love to see that uh final story um unfortunately going to be ending on a little bit of a sad note here but it's an important uh important topic nonetheless so just recently the ioc so the international olympic committee bans the the Black Lives Matter um, sediments and taking a knee during uh, the anthem or raising a fist um, while on Olympic uh, property. And so this was something that really took me aback. Like, we've seen all, during the heat of what's going on within sports and, and the racial tensions, um, especially throughout the United States, I recognize that the Olympics is not just the United States. It is also, of course, the entire world. Um, and I can't speak on uh, everything that's going on throughout the entire world because I'm from the United States. So uh, for anyone that's listening that is living in another country and you could give me an idea of, of what the views are on things you know, going on within here in, in your country, please let me know because I can only speak on what's going on here in the United States. Um, having this ban is just, it's, it seems outrageously inept because it's something that's going, it's an issue that is such a hot topic here in the United States and even leagues that were staunchly against, uh, you know, all of these sentiments like the NFL who they pretty much ended an entire player's career, Colin Kaepernick, because of doing these exact things. And they've now completely changed their fiddle and, and they're on the other side of things. They've realized the mistakes that they've made in the past. And to see that the IOC is, is taking this stance right now is, is, is terrible, uh, I think, for, for the sport. And it's not just track and field. This is all the Olympics. Um, now, to, to let it be known, not everyone agrees with the sentiment that is in the decision-making process. The World Athletics president, Sebastian Coe, actually is in support of athletes being able to use their freedom of speech during the Olympic Games. He said that uh, this is something in action that should not be taken, and athletes should be able to either take a knee, raise a fist, utilize Black Lives Matter, whatever it might be, um, you know, within their within their sport. And something that I think is interesting will be, since you're banning all these things, one sport that is super huge right now the biggest sport in the world obviously is basketball and the M- and NBA players have taken has really take gone hand in hand right now with Black Lives Matter and um, you know taking a knee or you know raising a fist in solidarity NBA's taken uh, you know has been very very hand in hand with that and obviously the basketball or team USA and just other basketball teams and nations, a lot of those players are in the NBA. And so I'm telling you, if LeBron wants to be on the Olympic team or Kevin Durant or, you know, if any of these players that want to be on the Olympic team want to, you know, show, you know, Black Lives Matter, whatever it is, 
How are they going to stop them? These, these names are larger than the Olympics. LeBron's name is larger than the Olympics. How are you going to control him and say that he can't, you know, utilize his First Amendment rights? And, you know, obviously you're in a different country and this is under international, you know, other international jurisdiction or whatever. But how are you going to stop that? I mean, do we not remember what happened in Mexico in 1968? Probably the most iconic photo in Olympics history with Tommy Smith and John Carlos raising a fist with their with the black glove on during the the playing of the national anthem of the 2000 or the 200 meter um, medal ceremony. Do we not remember that that was a huge moment for civil rights and for um, sports in general? Now, obviously, it's clear they didn't because they didn't even you know agree with it then because they were you know banned then from the Olympics and and were not even uh, they originally didn't want to give them their medals. Um, or stripped them of the medals, but eventually, you know, eventually got it. Like they were, they they faced a lot of scrutiny then. But it's crazy that athletes are still facing the same scrutiny now that Tommy Smith and John Carlos faced in 1968. That if Noah Lyles or if Michael Norman or if Rye Benjamin are are standing on the medal stand in the 2021 Olympics, they could face the exact same scrutiny that athletes in 1968 faced. That is insane to me that that is an issue that is going on in our sport and it is a story that we have to talk about now because it should not be something that we're still, you know, talking about. This shouldn't be an issue going on in our society. Uh, It's said on a poll that 70% of the 3,500 athletes that they polled said they would they would rather uh, not have these sediments be in the, uh, you know, in the Olympics because it would take away from their competition and take away from being an athlete. I would love to see those polls. I mean, I'd love to see the 70% uh, of the athletes, like what what countries, where they came from, what sports they, they came from, because uh, I, I think it's just, it's just interesting. It's eye-opening to me that this is something that is such a hot-button issue here in the United States, and it's clearly something that other people, you know, see as a distraction. And so maybe that's just, you know, I'm seeing the world from the lens of the United States. And so maybe it is something that athletes from other nations are like, hey, this is something that we'd rather we'd rather not see. If it is, like, I'm open to, to listening to why they say that. But, I th- but just from my point of view, it seems like a disservice to civil rights and to you know athletes as a whole but uh that's just my opinion love to hear what you guys have to think uh thank you to everyone who has listened to this episode of track world news i hope that you have enjoyed if you would like some more content make sure you can go follow us on instagram at track world news we post clips uh news stories everything like that uh, we've got some huge news coming out soon so do not miss that make sure you stay tuned on our instagram uh, as well as make sure that you give us a follow, subscribe, share, um, leave a review. really helps us know that you're enjoying the content and, and everything we're producing so far. Um, have a good one, and I'll see you later. Peace.